Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Big news kicking off this week on the Pompeii Wednesday edition. Gary Bailey joining you as always. Uh, Robert Quinn traded to from Chicago to Philadelphia. The Eagles just keep getting more loaded on that side of the ball. So we'll talk about that to kick off the show. Um, plus, power rankings, what we do every week after the week that was. Is this the most predictable postseason in recent memory? The Eagles getting that much better. I mean, it's getting more predictable. And then who we need to keep an eye on in terms of head coaching hirings this coming cycle is going to be jobs available. So who are the guys that are going to get them? We'll talk about that as well. But yeah, Robert Quinn, straight from Chicago to Philadelphia. You know, I, I had a segment waiting, you know, to talk about, hey, this is, it's very top heavy. I mean, there's a lot of just mediocre football going on right now. The teams that are going to be in the postseason, I mean, it's going to be, you know, a lot of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of new blood, a lot of unproven teams that really haven't been there, done that in recent memory. And now, first of all, credit to Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles for going for it, for realizing that they're very good and just getting that much better and a wide open NFC that everybody expects them to win. That's what winning teams do. You go out and you get proven guys to help you on a, on a big run like this. And that's what Philadelphia and Howie Roseman are doing. Already the best team in the NFC, undefeated, last remaining undefeated team. And then you go out and get Robert Quinn to put on your front seven, a front seven that's already very good. And on defense, it's already very good. You know, it's not just it's not just the front seven in Philadelphia. I mean, the secondary is very good with Darius Slay, Bradbury, Garner Johnson. So they're loaded at every level on that side of the ball now. And then offensively, we know we know how explosive they've been. Jalen Hurts has been really good, taking a big step forward in terms of uh, his arm. Danger to run the ball. We all know that. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown have both had really good years. Dallas Goddard at tight end, Miles Sanders in the backfield. Like This is a very loaded team that is geared up to win now. You know, they were in the playoffs last year. We're kind of a beneficiary of playing a lot of paint cans at the end of last season. But nonetheless, a playoff team. And then they got washed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just fear for the Eagles that the lack of adversity could come back to haunt them. Because we've seen this before. Not with the Eagles per se, but we've seen it very recently with the Baltimore Ravens. All right, a team who made a quarterback change mid-season 2018, got to the playoffs, immediately eliminated, had zero adversity in 2019. Lamar Jackson played great. They were 14-2, best season in team history, first round bye, and then they get just pounced by the Titans in the divisional round, and then they're a one and done. I fear that we'll see something similar happen with the Eagles because they're better. Roster-wise, they're head and shoulders above everybody in the NFC. But I fear that a lack of ad- that a lack of adversity, you know, a lack of having to figure figure stuff out, a lack of having to, you know, have that come to Jesus moment could hurt them. 
Because if you don't have any adversity, then you think everything you do is perfect. And eventually somebody's going to figure it out. Especially like a good team. Like if they run into San Francisco in the first round of the playoffs, or, you know, the division around, assuming that San Francisco gets in and, and advances and it just shapes up that they play them. Like if they run into the 49ers at any point in the playoffs, you know, San Francisco can beat them. They've, they're a team that's been there, done that. Their core has been to multiple NFC championship games in a Super Bowl. So that's a team that could beat them. By the way, they're better than San Francisco. Like Jalen Hurts is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Overall, their team is better than the 49ers. But there's something to be said for that, for having a core that's been there, that's done it before, that, you know, continuous band of guys. If they run into Green like, even if, I, I know that Green Bay's not looking good right now, and they're better than Green Bay. But if things shape out where they got to play the Packers, like, I don't want to play the Packers. I don't want to play Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I know that they beat Minnesota pretty handily on Monday night earlier this year. But if they play Minnesota again, I think that could be a game. So I just fear that a lack of adversity could come back to haunt Philadelphia the same way it did for Baltimore back in 2019, because that's very similar trajectories for both those teams. You know, Baltimore replaced Joe Flacco in 2018 midseason with Lamar Jackson because it, nothing was working. They win the division. They go to the playoffs. They get they get beat right away. And then the following season, they're unstoppable. What happened with the Eagles? All right, they benched Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. They go to the playoffs in the next season with with him as a starter. They get bounced right away. The following season, they're unstoppable. We'll see what happens come, you know, come playoff time. But good for the Eagles for making that move, for being bold and saying, look, we're really good. Let's go get better. Because in a conference that doesn't seem to have a lot of threats, why not just all but make it certain, yeah, we're going we're gonna to run this thing. So good for them for doing it. Now you've got a defense that's even more loaded than it was coming into the day because they have had a dominant defense, very dominant defense. Like we've seen what their secondary can do, especially against, albeit Cooper Rush, but especially against Dallas when all of their top secondary members had a pick a piece, and I think Garner Johnson had two. But now you put them with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. And you put them with Javon Hargrave. I put him with Hassan Reddick. Like that is a very, very ha, on paper has the argument to be the best front seven in football. So kudos to the Philadelphia Eagles for realizing how good that they are, going out and getting even better, and saying, "Look, it's our conference to lose. If we lose it, it's on us." Which I do think that they'll win. If I had a pick, I think they they should win the NFC. Because look at what their competition is. Like the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. They're not good, and Matthew Stafford's arm seems to be falling off. 49ers, uh, well, they just got destroyed by the forty by the by the Chiefs. Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo. Like we know what he is. You know he's not going to carry them to wins. Green Bay and Tampa Bay, their quarterbacks are old and can't they can't put up points offensively. 
Like the old guard in the NFC just seems to be quickly diminishing. Yeah, the Giants are fun, but like this is a team that hasn't been to the postseason in a very long time. First year head coach, no experience in the playoffs whatsoever for this team. For these guys, at least, like Daniel Jones has never been there. Saquon Barkley's never been there. So yeah, they'll probably be a playoff team, but I don't expect them to get far. Minnesota, I mean, they could win a game. Dallas, maybe, but like they're still Dallas until proven otherwise. So this, by and large, is Philadelphia's conference to lose. And kudos to them for realizing that and going out and getting even better by getting Robert Quinn. And now it's shaping up to be Philadelphia versus Kansas City and or Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Which is a good transition into what I wanted to talk about next because, yeah, there's a lot of like, like unexpected things happening. But what's very expected is what's happening at the top. Buffalo and Kansas City are good. And it looks like one of them's going to win it all. They seem to be on a collision course to meet again in the playoffs. Although this time, if things shape out the way that they seem to be shaping out, it'll be in Buffalo for the first time. And while there is a lot of unpredictable things happening kind of in the middle of the pack, well, we already touched on, you know, the Giants being six and one, the Jets being five and two, which are fun stories, and that's great for those fan bases. But everything at the top, I mean, yeah, everybody expected Buffalo and Kansas City to be really good. And for one of them to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Looks like that's exactly what's gonna happen. Like right now, it just seems like everybody is playing for the right. Like everybody in the AFC is just playing for the right to get beat by Buffalo or Kansas City. Everybody in the NFC is just playing for the right to face Buffalo or Kansas City. With Philadelphia being the odds on favorite to get there. Like all of these underlying stories, again, they're fun. The Giants are really fun. The Jets are fun. You know, Minnesota's solid this year. They're fun to watch. Justin Jefferson's good. But everything at the top, I mean, that's as close to chalk as you can get. So while everything in the middle is kind of unpredictable, like look at what the play as of right now, if the season ended today, this is what the playoff picture would look like. NFC wise, Eagles would be in the bye, Vikings, Rams, and the wild card, Seahawks, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Giants. That's your NFC wild card. Like the Buccaneers are three and four and still winning that division. And I still think that they would be the Giants. Seahawks, Cowboys, that's great. Dallas probably wins and gets to face probably Minnesota. And then whoever wins that game, uh, guess what? Philadelphia has destroyed both of them already. Like that's a very predictable playoff picture right there. And again, it's playoffs. Anything can happen. I get that. But even then, you're playing for the right to go to Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game at that point. Because who's the lowest seat? Like, even if the Rams win, if the Rams would win, they'd have to go to Philadelphia and the Rams have looked horrible this year. So inconsistent. So the NFC, I mean, again, like I touched on the 49ers. 49ers aren't even a playoff team right now. And they just traded for Christian McCaffrey. Now he'll get worked into the game plan more and more. I mean, it was like a three-day span where he gets traded, has to learn 
whatever the game plan is going to be for Chiefs week. Gets a few plays, looks good. They'll work him in more. He'll be more of a factor this week or whenever they come back from the bye. But right now, I mean, the NFC West is very cluttered with mediocrity. Like, yeah, Seattle's four and three and they're fun. Nobody expects Seattle to make a deep playoff run. The Cardinals, God only knows what they are. I mean, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury were just shouting at each other on the sidelines on Thursday night in a game that they won. Matthew Stafford's arm seems to be a legitimate problem for the Rams. And they were in on Christian McCaffrey, but Carolina chose San Francisco's, San Francisco's offer. So this is a division that is... Top to bottom, the 49ers are the best team in that division. But Seattle, I mean, Pete Carroll deserves to be in the Coach of the Year conversation. I think Brian Dable is going to win it for obvious reasons. But Pete Carroll should definitely be in that conversation for what he's doing with that team and Geno Smith at the helm. Their draft picks are all playing really well. But I don't think Seattle's going to make a deep playoff run. If they do get in, kudos to them. That's awesome. Great story. And then they'll get bounced. Now, would I like to see them beat Dallas in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, it'd be fun. But in terms of the teams right now that would be in the playoffs on the NFC side, none of them stack up against Philadelphia. And if they do, the Eagles have already pounced both of those teams. They haven't played Tampa yet. But right now, they're a lot better than Tampa. They destroyed the Vikings. They destroyed the Cowboys, albeit without Dak. I get it. Like nothing in the NFC right now. Yes, a lot of it's fun. The Seahawks are fun. The Giants are fun. But none of those teams are making a Super Bowl run. At least not yet. All these things can be fun, but it's still very predictable in the NFC. And then in in the AFC, like Bills are on the bye. Chiefs Chargers. Like the Chargers are single-handedly handicapping themselves by not just unleashing Justin Herbert. I don't know what the issue is there. Now I get it. Mike Williams is now hurt. Keenan Allen was hurt. But Mike Williams, I mean, he just got hurt this past game. They weren't utilizing him to his full ability when he was healthy. The guy's got arms as long as his legs. And they're just being competent and being okay with checkdowns that don't go anywhere when you've got a quarterback who has one of the best arms in the game. Like Brandon Staley's that team's biggest problem right now. Their defense isn't good, even though they have really good personnel. Injuries keep piling up because every year they do for the Chargers. So that's another problem for, for the AFC is like the teams that are supposed to be really good aren't. Chargers could be. They're not. Broncos could be. They're not. The Broncos are just a giant mess when we know all about that. So Chiefs Chargers, yeah, the Chiefs would win that in a landslide. The Dolphins, I don't know. They just put up 16 points against Pittsburgh, who isn't good. Like, they started off really fast, and then they didn't score a second-half point. So I'm not worried about the Dolphins with a first-year head coach, a quarterback who's never been there in the playoffs. Not worried about Miami being a serious Super Bowl threat. The Jets, already touched on the Jets. That's a very fun story. They are not making a deep playoff run. All right, the Titans. Titans are the best of a bad bunch in the AFC South. 
they're what four and two. They they don't look like it. <laughs> they're not a very good football team, and they just beat a very bad Colts team, who's now going to be <laughs> starting Sam Ellinger for the rest of the year. They're just kind of mailing it in. And it's like, all right, you know what? We've had six different quarterbacks the past six years or whatever the number is. We're just going to let Sam Ellinger play. Matt Ryan's washed. We'll try to get Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, whomever it may be that comes our way and hope for the best. But now it's Sam Ellinger's team. Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are both probably going to be gone. Which, by the way, both of them will get jobs right away, especially Frank Reich. That's, he's a good coach. He's been dealt a bad hand with Chris Ballard, who has fumbled a lot of potential signings. They've left a lot of money on the table since he's taken over. The Colts have just been a weirdly run team the past few years. Frank Reich will get a new job very quickly. I'm not worried about anybody in the AFC South. I guess that's my long-winded way of saying that. Like, if the Colts somehow win this division, I ain't worried about them. I ain't worried about the Titans. Jaguars could be fun. Not worried about them. At least not yet. Baltimore, like Baltimore would be the biggest threat as of right now. Like the Bengals aren't in because of bye weeks and stuff like that. Like the Chargers are still four and two. Bengals are four and three. The Bengals, I think, will be a playoff team. And you can make the argument that they would be, you know, a threat to the Bills just because all right, they were just in the Super Bowl last year. I would listen to that argument, but I would still take Buffalo, especially if it's in Buffalo. And Baltimore, I mean, they can't hold on to leads, apparently. Like, even this past week against Cleveland, they had a sizable, they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and it became a game when it definitely shouldn't have been. So until Baltimore gets their stuff together, I'm not necessarily worried about Baltimore either. This is all shaping out for three teams, potentially. Like there, There's a Super Bowl bubble of three teams. That's Philadelphia, Buffalo, Kansas City. I think Buffalo or Kansas City. I really think Buffalo. It just feels like Buffalo's year. And that's what most people, that was the consensus coming into this year, is that, all right, it's got to be Buffalo. If not now, then when? That's why you sign Von Miller. That's why you have all, but they've hit on a lot of draft picks too. I mean, Ed Oliver's been good. Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, um, you know, having Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Tredavious White. Coming back from injury, hopefully soon. Kyrie Elam has stepped in and played well. Demar Hamlin safety has played well. So everybody was saying, "All right, you know, this got to be Buffalo's year," especially because Josh Allen's extension comes into play next year, and this is probably the best team you're going to be able to build around him, unless you just keep hitting on draft picks, which you know, as good as the Bills have been, like not everybody is going to always do that. Hey, look, credit to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. They've done a very good job at doing that in terms of building their team organically. But at some point, you know, you're not going to hit on every draft pick. And these teams with established stars already, like Cincinnati, they're already like, yeah, they built their team organically. They already went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, they didn't win it. They came damn close to doing it. And they've gotten farther than teams like Baltimore and Buffalo have already. Like, if you're Buffalo, it's very much Super Bowl or bust. And look, if they win it, great. Good for them. Good for that team. Good for that city. Good for that franchise. The fan base. All of them deserve it. All of them deserve it. But they better hope that they do. Because this is supposed to be a down year for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they look great. Albeit the Bills beat them. Without Tredavious White, I might add in, in Kansas City for the second straight year in the regular season. 
And I do think that it will be Buffalo. But they better hope it is. Because when that extension sets in for Josh Allen, I mean, you're not going to be able to keep all these pieces. I know that there's a lot of people clamoring, hey, pay Jordan Poyer. Probably not going to be able to. I would be very shocked if he's back in Buffalo next year. He's going to have a lot of suitors. Unless you move off Micah Hyde. But he's going to have a lot of suitors. And rightfully so. I mean, that's the best safety duo in football. Both of them all pros. They're both fantastic. You can't, like, financially speaking, you just can't put a ton of money into two safeties. Especially when a quarterback's extension sets in that's going to pay him, I think, what, $43 million next year or something like that? Like, you can't put a ton of money into two safeties and a quarterback. Just can't do it. Plus, Von Miller isn't cheap either. <laughs> Those are four. That would be four guys taking up a, a lot of your cap. And then when the time comes, you know, to extend these rookies like Ed Oliver, like Epinesa, like Gregory Rousseau, like Tredavious White. And Tredavious White, actually, I think he got a contract extension already. So check, check on that one. But you can't pay everybody. And it's now or never for the Buffalo Bills. So all of that is just kind of a long-winded way, I guess, of saying, hey, while there's a lot of fun stuff happening right now with teams like the Giants, teams like the Jets, that a lot of people didn't expect a lot out of this season, you know, the, the those teams aren't going to be around deep in January. They could get to the playoffs, don't get me wrong. I mean, the Giants were 6-1. and one. I'd be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs in the NFC right now, which is just a tire fire for the most part a lot of media a lot of mediocrity not just in the nfc across the nfl 15 teams by the way are 500 or within a game of 500 so they're either you know four and three three and four or if you're the indianapolis colts three three and one i think is what they are right now 15 teams half the league is 500 or within a game of 500 in week eight like in my lifetime, I don't recall a season that's just been this unpredictable in the middle on who's going to make the playoffs. But again, at the top, because it's very top, <laughs> it's not very top heavy. Like it's very thin. It's Kansas City, it's Buffalo, it's Philadelphia. Then it's everybody else. Realistically speaking, it's Buffalo and Kansas City. Then it's Philadelphia. Then it's everybody else. So all these all these stories, all this unexpected you know, stuff from, you know, it seems like the Giants and the Jets. Yes, it is very fun. I'll give you that. It's incredibly fun. Like, I'm very happy for Brian Dable, very happy for Wink Martindale. Robert Sala seems to be the right guy for the Jets. They look good for Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. That's great, too. Very fun. These aren't teams that are making Super Bowl runs. These aren't teams that are going to be viable threats in January. They can make it. That's great. They aren't going far. And when they play a real team like Philadelphia, they're going to get pounced. So they're fun, but there's three teams to me, maybe four. You can make the argument for Cincinnati since they've been there. But as of right now, a maximum of four teams 
that can realistically win the Super Bowl this year. That's Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia, and Cincinnati. Everybody else, you got a lot to prove. Or a lot of weak, or some glaring weakness. Now, people might say, all right, what about Dallas? The the Cowboys are the Cowboys until they show that they're not. Because everybody was really high on Dallas last year. And then they crapped the bed against the 49ers. At home. So I'm not, I'm not buying Dallas until Dallas gives me a reason to buy into them. Because in the Dak era alone, like everybody seems to buy into them a lot every season. And it's just, all right, one year they're solid, one year they're bad. One year they're solid, one year they're bad. All right, they made it to the playoffs, but then they get eliminated right away. Like the Cowboys, until proven otherwise, are still the Cowboys. That's just how it is. But right now, four teams logistically to me can win the Super Bowl. I'm not worried about Tennessee. I'm not worried about Minnesota doing it. San Francisco, I, if it came down to Philadelphia or San Francisco, I'd pick Philadelphia. And the 49ers just show that their defense is a little bit overrated against Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes threw for a billion yards. Everybody everybody not named Justin Herbert apparently is hurt on the Chargers. Green Bay isn't looking very good right now, and they don't have anybody to throw to. The Buccaneers can't score for whatever reason. Outside of those top four teams, there's really not a lot of threats. That's what I've learned throughout the first half of, of the NFL season. There's not a lot of threats right now. So, all right. So we'll do what we do every week. Go through power rankings. Top 10, if you want 1 through 32, again, subscribe to the Pump Fake newsletter, which is in my bio on Twitter. You can follow at NFL. So good. 10 through 1 power rankings in the NFL. So we'll start at number 10, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that's what the NFL season has been. The Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks are number 10. Uh, moving up eight spots, by the way. I think they're my biggest mover. And again, good for them. I mean, they beat a solid Chargers team on the road. Um, but I think this largely speaks to how bad everybody else is rather than how good Seattle is. Um, oh, look, the rookies are playing really well. Gino's playing really well. I mean, it's been one of the stories of the offseason and throughout the regular season um, is how good is Seattle going to be? How bad is Seattle going to be? They've proven a lot of people wrong. Good for them. Don't think it's viable for, throughout the entire season, but right now they're number 10. Uh, the 49ers moved down two spots from last week. They are number nine. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense just had their way with the defense. Uh, when they had an opportunity to take advantage of Sky Moore's muff punt, Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception in the red zone, and then that ended that. Uh, they started off really hot, were up 10 nothing, and then got outscored by a million the rest of the way. So... Uh, Kyle Shanahan's got a lot to prove. Jimmy Garoppolo's got a lot to prove. That defense has a lot to prove. Um, all right, they got Christian McCaffrey now. We'll see how that works in for them the rest of the season. They're number nine, though. They've moved down two spots. Dallas moves up three spots. Again, you know, this is a lot of, you know, Tampa Bay played bad. They moved down a lot. Dallas won first week back with Dak. Um, they didn't look great, per se, but defensively, they looked really solid against a team. And, and Detroit, who scored a lot of points this season. Um, so Dallas moves up three spots. I want to see a little bit more from Dak Prescott going forward, obviously with a thumb. 
Uh, we'll see how if that affects him throughout the rest of the season. But uh, they move up three spots. Dallas is number eight. The Giants move up one spot. They are number seven. Um, hey, there's a lot to say for a team that, you know, beat a couple of teams that they probably shouldn't have and not beat a team that they should have on the road. Good for that. By the way, if you look at that crowd, there was more Giants fans there than Jaguars fans, which isn't necessarily surprising. Um, but hey, Wink Martindale carried over something from Baltimore, and that is tough defense that plays well in the fourth quarter, and that's what they've been riding this season. Is very good fourth quarter defense. They do it again. Hey, they won by a yard, but a W is a W. And uh, New York Giants, number seven. Six and one are the New York Giants. Good for them. Number six, Cincinnati Bengals move up three spots. Finally, we see what we've been wanting to see. We got a little glimpse of it throughout portions of the season. Um, last week, especially with Jamar Chase. This Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, this might be the best quarterback wide receiver wide receiver combo in football. Uh, now, you know, obviously that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are no longer together. Um, you can make the argument that this is, you know, the best one-two punch in terms of passing game attacks in the NFL. Um, man, look, it's not just Jamar Chase. It's Tyler Boyd. It's T. Higgins. Uh, you got Joe Mixon in the backfield. Hayden Hurst tight. Like, this is a loaded offense that seems to finally be finding its way after a slow start against Pittsburgh and Dallas. I really like what I'm seeing from the Bengals. If they can keep this going forward, they got... Uh, the Browns on Halloween night. They can get to five and three. Hey, that's a hell of a rebound from what they were, uh, you know, going into week three, which was everybody was pressing the panic button on them. Oh my goodness, Super Bowl hangover. I think it just took a minute. Let's calm down. Not a lot of these guys played in the preseason. Deep breath. They figured it out. Good for them. They are number six. Baltimore moves up one. Um, I talked a little bit about my concerns with the Ravens. Um, they're just a team that's really talented but can't hold on to leads. And while they beat Cleveland, it took a bad false start call to, to do it. And Cade York kicking a, a million-yard field goal that got tipped at the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, I mean, they're talented. Lamar Jackson's really good defensively. They still have some stuff to figure out. Um, but they're number five just because you know, I really like their offense, really like what Lamar's doing. Um and in terms of teams that if I was a head coach, I mean, would I want to go into Baltimore and play? No. No, I would not. So Baltimore is number five. Um, and then the rest, I mean, nothing's changed from last week. Minnesota was on a bye, so I'm not going to move that up or down. Um, they're playing very well. The ground game's clicking. Justin Jefferson's having a really good season. Defensively, they're, you know, the pass rush is getting home with Daniel Hunter and Zedarius Smith. Um, yeah, I like what I'm seeing from Minnesota. Kirk Cousins is playing well. Good, good season so far for first-year head coach Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Philadelphia Eagles are number three. Uh, again, getting Robert Quinn. That's going to be hard for anybody to beat them. They got Pittsburgh this week again, and they probably should win. Um, they're not going to win every game. I would be very shocked if that happened. They're going to fall off eventually in terms of getting a loss. But, hey, they are building um, and continuous, continuing to do it. They know how good they are, and they're just getting better. So Philadelphia is number three. Kansas City Chiefs number two. They just destroyed the San Francisco 49ers. Just absolutely destroyed them. Um, you know, I think at this point we can say, you know, Patrick Mahomes is doing just fine without Tyreek Hill. Like, Miles Travis Kelsey is still there. Andy Reid still there. This team's going to be fine. Um, and look, we've saw, we saw the, you know, the not-so-usual suspects finally get involved. We saw Juju Smith-Schuster get his first touchdown as a Chief. Marquez Vada scaling had a few big catches. Nico Harmon had three touchdowns. Like, they're getting a lot of these guys involved. It just depends on the game. Each week is different. 
Um, and this week just happened to be Nicole Hardman's week, Juju Smith-Schuster's week to do so. So, hey, they might not have that A guy on the outside, but they still got Travis Kelsey, who's the biggest A-plus tight end you can get in the league. And they got, you know, a couple Bs, a couple C-pluses, and that's really all you need uh, when you've got Patrick Mahomes. So, Kansas City Chiefs, number two. And then Buffalo, number one, still the best overall team in football. Um, you know, that one blemish being a loss in Miami, an over 100-degree heat when they're missing half their defense. Buffalo is the last team I want to face in the league right now. I think top to bottom, they're the best team in the NFL. And um, but it's going to be hard for anybody to knock them off. Um, they're my, they've been my Super Bowl pick since the offseason. They've been a lot of people's Super Bowl picks since the offseason. And uh, you know, I think that that's still the case for the majority of people. It's still, still the case for me in terms of who I think is going to represent the AFC and uh, ultimately win it all. So power rankings, top 10. 10 to 6, Seattle, San Francisco, Dallas, New York Giants, Cincinnati, 5 to 1, Baltimore, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Kansas City, and Buffalo. If you want to read the rest of the power rankings, subscribe to the Pump Egg newsletter. It is in my bio on Twitter at jbaileynfl. It comes out every Wednesday. It gets emailed directly to you in your inbox. Uh, this week, breaking down head coaches um, that could be let go and who will replace them, what teams could be uh, looking for quarterbacks. Um, so dive into that a little bit. So yeah, subscribe to the newsletter. Again, in my bio on Twitter, at jbaileynfl. I know I said I wanted to dive into that a little bit. Um, you know, we try to keep these things between about a half hour, 40 minutes. We're already approaching that. So if you want to get, you know, my thoughts on who's going to be, uh, you know, a head coach in the NFL next season, kind of the candidates to keep an eye out for, again, subscribe to the newsletter uh, in my bio. The Pump Fake Newsletter, at NFL on Twitter. Go subscribe to it and get it sent directly to your email. That is all for today. Again, we'll be back Saturday um, to uh, preview the Sunday Slate of Games, make our best bets, uh, as we always do. That was on a show last Saturday. Busy last Saturday. Apologize for that. Um, but yeah, this Saturday, we'll be back to the regular swing of things. Uh, you know, recap the Thursday night game. Oh, good. Finally, a good one this week, by the way. Tampa Bay and Baltimore. That'll be a fun game. Um, so that'll all be Saturday. Recap Thursday night. Break down what's to come for Sunday and Monday night. And then again, be back next week to uh, repeat the process. So thank you all for joining me, whether you're watching or listening. Appreciate it as always. This is Jared Bailey. This is the Pump Fake. We will see you Saturday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.